0: Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. I got it. You got it? I got
1: it. Fucking do it, man.
0: Howdy, 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 movie lovers. Welcome back. You thought we were dead? You thought we were deceased? We Mm -hmm. took a... A weird extra week off for no good reason, but we're back. Yes. It's the Trashy Podcast, the show where we're out to prove once and for all there are no garbage movies, only garbage opinions, and we're giving those discarded gems a second chance.
1: It's me, mm-hmm.
0: Keith. I'm the one guy who talks into the microphone, and I'm joined by Elliot, the other guy who talks into the microphone. Hello. That's him.
1: That's me. Um, You know, this is the Trashy Podcast, like you said, but this isn't just any episode of the Trashy Podcast.
0: And this isn't just any theme episode. This is a double XL jumbo-sized global epic scale type piece of business. Right. I don't think they're ready. I don't think you're ready.
1: I'm definitely not ready.
0: I don't think I'm ready either.
1: I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, you know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not even sure where I am.
0: How could you? It was a full moon. Was it? Yeah. I always have trouble sleeping when it's a full moon. Oh.
1: For some reason, like, I lot... get,
0: just get a little restless.
1: Yeah. I haven't had a lot of sleep the last few nights, so mm. we'll see what happens here, guys. But
0: It's probably because the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest.
1: It's very thin right, right? now. We're so close. I mean, this is obviously coming out... Recording this a few days before it comes out, but it's still very close to Halloween.
0: It's the Halloween weekend. This is the big, the big one where everybody, I've already seen people having celebrations and parties and things like that. Right. Going to cornfields and pumpkin patches.
1: Well, that's because Halloween's on a Tuesday this year, and like most people aren't, they're not going to be doing shit. No. You know, they're not like going to parties on a Tuesday. They got to get them in now. Yeah. Um, but the episode today is our annual tradition, trashoween.
0: But it's not just trashoween, it's aween World Tour.
1: That's right.
0: What the hell does that mean?
1: Uh, I think we're going to be talking about our favorite underrated foreign horror movies. Yeah, horror so-
0: picks uh, from around the world that you can enjoy on your Halloween weekend.
1: So, generally, this is what, like, the fourth or fifth, I don't know how many trash-a-weens, 2nd maybe this is the first one, I don't know. We've done these, these trash-a-weens, and we normally just talk about, like, it's not like our normal episodes where we select one movie to talk about. We'll do, like, a list, and we, like, here are our favorite blah-blah-blahs, and then we are doing foreign horror this year.
0: That's right. We're going to be counting them down from the top. All your favorite horror picks from around the globe.
1: You're really good at that voice. <laughs> you do it all up, you know, every now and then. And I don't really feel like I give you the credit you deserve for how good it is.
0: What, uh, I'll tell you, the origin is it came from like high school, like when I had some buddies who were in radio class. And uh-huh. I wanted to be in radio class, but it was hard to get in radio class because everybody wanted to be in it. And, uh, and then also like all the the voices on the simpsons that are like that. Yeah. Who is it? Harry Shearer?
1: Yeah, Harry Shearer
0: he does, does all that. Voices. He does all the mm-hmm. like uh
1: radio Arnie voices. in the
0: sky and
1: right uh, Kent Brockman.
0: Yeah, all those guys. Yeah. Fuck Hank Azaria, man. It's Harry Shearer is the That's
1: what the I'm talking guy. about. Well, I just wanted to say like I don't feel like I gave you the credit you deserve. Very nice, great work.
0: I think it's pretty um, pretty funny.
1: Before we get into our lists of personal favorite foreign horror underrated horror foreign horror films, do you have any exciting Halloween plans?
0: No, I'm having you know? trouble this Halloween. I got to tell you, man. Like, yeah, it, it was. I went on a trip. I like I took a vacation, and then I was also sick a bunch. And even though I carved some jack-o'-lanterns like the first week of halloween like it's just it's been a tough like slog trying to get get going it was also unseasonably warm like the weather was crazy and that really bugs me like trying to get into the halloween spirit when i'm wearing shorts and it's like 75 degrees out is a colossal pain in the ass but now the temperatures have plummeted and it's like oh yeah It's, like, in the mid-40s, so...
1: Yeah, it's pretty chilly. You know, though, I think it's interesting that you say, like, oh, it's been hard for you to get into the Halloween spirit because you were going on a trip. You went on a trip to one of the most haunted places in the country. Yeah, and
0: you know what? I'll tell you, mister, about the haunted, spooky world of New Orleans, Louisiana. They charge you $45 to walk in one of those fancy graveyards... Mm-hmm. And you have, you're forced to go on the guided tour. I'm mm. a grown man. I shouldn't be required to pay money to pay my respects to the dead, and I also shouldn't be forced to have some geek like read off of a pre-written script about like I don't know the fucking which Marvel character is buried in the, the <laughs> burial plot. It's stupid. I tried so to go was- see like the dumb Nicolas Cage like pyramid grave or whatever what yeah he bought like a, a burial plot next to uh oh
1: not as ad not a not a grave that says nicholas cage on it
0: no it's like a pyramid like mausoleum
1: where he will be buried
0: yeah and it's like oh, right cool. next to uh the voodoo lady what's her name
1: miss uh miss cleo or that you're no about?
0: no <laughs> no 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 there's a voodoo lady that i don't uh, know i can't remember Her name it doesn't matter like a real lady
1: yeah oh is this like the midnight of in the garden of good and evil lady is it that lady i don't think so
0: i think it's like a real someone who's really
1: no that that movie is that movie and book is based on a real event
0: all right well
1: there's even like real people from the scenario who play themselves in the movie all right I don't know. It was just a guess. I'm just trying to say it. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know
0: either. I don't know the name, but this is out of my wheelhouse anyway. The important thing is that going to other people's graves for recreational purposes is kind of a dick move. Also, I will say the people of New Orleans decorate for Halloween in the most fascinating ways. Yeah. Here's the big difference. They don't have a lot of the extraneous Halloween decor bullshit like we have, like spiders and cats Mm -hmm. and bats and this and that. Or even really a ton of pumpkins. It's all about skeletons and like phantoms.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And it's like. Everywhere and it's all very like like lively. It's got like lots of personality and like movement and things like that. Right. so like you'll cool. see some
1: skeleton like a skeleton jazz band walking down the street playing jazz, right? Yeah. You saw that, like some, some actual
0: Yeah, there was a skeleton playing a rib cage, like a xylophone.
1: Right. That's <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It was cool. I really liked that.
1: Well, I didn't do anything that exciting. I went to a corn maze. You know,
0: did you use the hedge trimmer to make a shortcut?
1: I didn't know I played by the book. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, that's my that's been my Halloween event thus far.
0: Have you observed this phenomenon? I've seen a lot of folks getting the wrong type of pumpkins to carve, like, oh, the, because the, now the, you can
1: get all those other ones, like, you can get like the. You go there, and there's like it's not just the orange ones, but they have like the white pumpkins. Yeah, like or the, the dark green, green and yellow pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah.
0: And they not only are they the wrong type to carve, making the carvings more difficult, but the carvings are like very ugly, and the the mm-hmm. pumpkins are also like way too thick, so you don't right. get the like the jack o' lantern effect. Right. Yeah. And it's really like, it's kind of embarrassing. Like I don't know you if they're know, doing it to be funny or like. <sighs> what their deal is but they're just going about it the wrong way
1: here's something i gotta say you know like i go out and every year you go to, you got halloween stuff you go to a you go to walk into a spirit halloween store you do this you see people's pumpkins and whatnot and their decorations in the yard and like i'm all for creativity in general but i think with halloween you just gotta stick with the classics yeah you know like i mean like you there is no new Halloween decoration that is as cool as some vintage Halloween thing from the 40s. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just like, you know, like, oh, you gotta you're gonna carve like your weird thing into your pumpkin. It's never gonna be as cool as the classic jack-o'-lantern. Right. You know? Like some traditions we should hold on to as sacred. Yeah. You know? I agree, and not putting like the face of Demi Lovato into your pumpkin. You shouldn't be doing that. It should just be a regular ass pumpkin with two eyes and some jagged a jagged tooth or two. Yeah, goofy smile.
0: Yeah, sharp teeth if it's scary, or square teeth if it's. Give me
1: some dangling bats. Mischievous. You know. Yeah, like this. I don't need all this other shit. Like, get rid of your sexy costumes or your clever joke costumes. I don't want to see any sriracha bottles walking around.
0: Or a box of Captain Crunch. Yeah. Or, it's... you know what I saw? I saw on Instagram someone dressed up as uh, Scott Stapp from Creed, specifically from the Super Bowl halftime performance, mm-hmm. where he was wearing a Cowboys jersey, and they had, like, the like Cirque du Soleil people flying around. Yeah. And, you know, all the comments were like, oh, this is so funny, best Halloween costume ever. You, sir, you win Halloween, all this bullshit. It's like... Yeah. All right, fine. Do do uh, do what you want, but guess obviously, what? Obviously, yes. Guess what? Uh, eventually, that joke will stop being funny. Right. But a jack-o'-lantern or a skeleton or a Dracula uh-huh. will never go out of
1: style. Exactly. You know, it's like... It's honestly, frankly, it's disrespectful to the dead to dress up any other way. And if you are going to do something quote unquote funny or clever, it better be very funny or very clever. Yeah. You know, I can give some passes if you really like pulled one, you know, like, oh. Or a high level of craft. Right. You know, I also understand, I do understand the kind of like. Ah shit! I'm going to a Halloween party. I don't have a costume. I'm just going to throw something together. I get that. But if you've put visibly put effort into it and it's stupid and it's not spooky, get it out of here. You know, that's right. I don't want. I don't want to see it. Wee wee! Halloween cops
0: are here. We're here to police your decisions and your actions. We're here to gatekeep the entire fucking holiday. So I mean, yeah, of course people
1: can do whatever they want. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, (laughs) yeah, we're not going to do shit. I dismiss some of the, like the like the the good-hearted spookiness of it. You know, just give me a kid running around in a sheet with two holes cut into it to it for Oh eyes, man, you know? last
0: year I saw a kid in one of the neighborhoods. Uh, all of his friends were dressed up as like whatever the fuck. I don't know, minions and SpongeBob and a bunch of horse shit. This kid, he bought one of those uh like Spirit Halloween like you know, complete costumes, but it was like a toxic zombie. So he had like, he was all like rotting and had like rib cage showing. And then he's also covered in like moss and slime. And he's wearing like a ripped hazmat suit. It was so cool. And the costume fit him so perfectly. Like I just sat there with like my jaw on the floor. I was like, that looks so cool. And he Mm -hmm. stood out from everyone else. Of course. Because he had a scary He was like, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 or something like that. It was very cool. It was a very good feeling. And I feel like if I, like, went wandering around and saw some things like that, I would get into the spirit. But Right. Yeah, it's been tough, man. I don't know. I was thinking about buying a... I saw a spirit Halloween has, like, some cool NASA spacesuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like kind of pairing that with, like... I already have, like, a collection of masks, you know? And I was thinking, right. like, either, like, a skeleton mask... Like an
1: astronaut who died in space. Yeah. This is his corpse just floating through space. Yeah, Yeah. got, like,
0: irradiated or, like, yeah, all the oxygen sucked out of my my helmet or something. Or I could do a, uh, like, kind of a riff on Life Force, and I've got this cool, like, vampire bat mask. Mm -hmm. And it looks kind of like Nosferatu or, like, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter type. Yeah. You know, like some bat qualities and stuff. It's pretty sick. So I'm thinking about maybe doing that. But I don't know. We'll see. I might just do nothing. Or who knows? There's still time.
1: There is still time. There's always time.
0: Yeah, that's what's great about Halloween is like it's okay to be last minute. And I think more so than other holidays. You can just like fly by the seat of your pants and be spontaneous.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even if you just paint your face white, you know, and put like some dark circles around your eyes. Yeah, that's
0: fine. Sure you is. Know? I mean, you can go that's to the fine. a drugstore too, like, and buy like any mask for like five bucks. They have all the like, yeah. and oftentimes the cheap and janky looking ones fit the best, and then mm-hmm. also like have like a weird like, I don't even know what kind of quality you would. It, it has like that that feeling of like. The cobbled together, like you know, the, the what you would see in those vintage Halloween photos.
1: That is literally the where the ghost face mask from Scream came from. It yeah. was not designed from that movie. It was a bargain bin mask. Yeah. that undersold. I remember
0: seeing it, and then yes. when it was in the movie, I was like,
1: "Oh shit!" Right. It was the, it undersold, so they had all these ones that you could just buy for super cheap. And that's what they – so they ended up using it in the movie. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And it actually uh,
0: makes sense as far as like the yeah. concept and everything. Like it works pretty well on Right, because these kids
1: would have just gone to the, you know, pharmacy and bought a mask.
0: You yeah. Know? And the idea that it could be anyone, anyone could go get this and you're going right. to see these people like all over the streets. Like
1: that's cool. great. Right. Yeah. Even
0: though I don't like Scream, it's still cool. Like well, in yeah, theory. I,
1: I think we've talked about this a million times on the show. Like the movie is – The original movie is not great, but boy, is it a great concept type of
0: thing. Yeah, the idea is tremendous, Yeah, without question.
1: And I didn't see the most recent one, but I saw the one before that, like Scream 5, I guess, or whatever. I think it was also just called Scream again. Yeah. But it was pretty good, you know?
0: Yeah, I saw the one where uh, all all the original people came back, and then I saw the one in New York. And the one in New York actually had a couple of funny, like, they are so far into this idea that they riffed on the, the riffing, of the original idea. They had so right. many sort of like twists to it that I was like, "All right, you got me."
1: Yeah, I think that's what works for me about it too. Where it's just like it's just like, you've just transcended into even dumber territory. So I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well. All right then. Should we start talking about these foreign horror films? Or yeah, let's take list? a
0: take a trip around the world.
1: All right. So you know what? I'm going to tell you. I did. I went a little. Uh, I decided to. Per- I was interested to see if we have any crossover, which I guess we. My guess is we probably won't. I
0: highly doubt it.
1: But I went. I decided to go even one step further and make my category even a little bit more narrow.
0: That's good because I, I want to. Before you get into it here, I want to just make this point here. All of you out there listening, I'm sure you haven't seen nearly as many horror movies as the two of us have. However, don't just watch the... You know, there's something to be said for tradition, but after so many years of tradition, eventually you're just sort of like on autopilot. And you can't watch, you know, fucking Halloween 5 50 times in a row. I don't care how much nostalgia you have for it. like. There, there's a time when you need some new blood and you need to experience something new. And even with an interesting perspective, like the, the world at large is so full of like interesting influences and folklore and, you know, these interpretations of the afterlife and, you know, what it means to be, you know, the relationship between the living and the dead. So there's a lot of stuff outside of, you know, Hollywood movies to explore and you should do it if you get a chance. So we're going to try and help you out. We're going to give you uh, some places to go and some sites to see.
1: Hell yeah. So yeah, I decided to make my Narrow Mind down. I Instead of just doing solely just a foreign horror of any type, I decided to do specifically the subgenre, su- sub-genre of folk horror. And I also tried to make selections from... <laughs> Different countries and different time periods.
0: So there's going to be a guy wearing like a the
1: hat with a belt buckle on it. Like the, like a pilgrim? Yeah. Well, no, because <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing foreign horror, not <laughs> okay. colonial American horror. I see. Um, I don't think I have any uh, belt buckle hats in my list. Well, that's good. Um, because folk horror is a genre... That is actually quite – it's its narrow in the sense of like there aren't necessarily as many movies as there are other types of horror movies in general. But it's expansive in the sense that we get to go all over the world and delve into the folklore of all these different places. So you can have lots of different types of folk horror. Keith, how would you define folk horror to the, to the kids?
0: That's when – uh, someone's playing like a very small guitar and it's spooky like a <laughs> like a ukulele maybe
1: that, a ukulele is, is a yeah, haunted the fine ukulele f- that's folk is, that's horror the fine or a harmonica <laughs> <horror>. a harmonica
0: <laughs> or maybe that's bluegrass horror i'm not sure i don't know much so, about music
1: <laughs> so yeah that's i mean I, that's pretty much more or less i think you're onto something there
0: no actually to me folk horror tends to be like quiet and isolated and usually yeah. involving curses or sort of primitive gods. Right. It's away from technology and away from the city. Sometimes not, but uh, it kind of goes back to the roots of civilization and, right. and gives a, you know, the same feeling as like, you know, campfire stories.
1: Yeah. I would say there's like kind of like two main versions of it Where One, it's like a period piece where we're going back in time and dealing with these people isolated in some, their own re- remote region and dealing with like the beliefs and folklore and monsters and gods of the, of that period. Or it's when those ideas start, uh, are transposed into the modern day and someone accidentally unearths some sort of thing that should have been left buried type of thing, yeah. you know.
0: And it usually involves, um, yeah, like digging or opening a box or yeah, breaking so. something.
1: I would say there's been a minor resurgence of this in recent years. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely what like A24, you know, Studio A24 is kind of specializing in with movies like The Witch and Midsummer and Lamb, uh, and a few other a few other ones. But it is a very like I said like there's not as many movie if you go throughout the world there's not as many movies as are let's say like slashers or just straight up like. Uh, uh, zombie movies or stuff like or that, or like haunting or possession movies. Right. Well, although ghosts can often be a, an aspect of folk horror, sure, not always, but can be. Um, this it is an expansive genre in the sense that, like, if you go to any country and view their, you know, like their version of folk horror could be very different than another country's based on their own in, uh their own myths and superstitions and folklore. Yeah. So did you try to do anything like that as well, like try to narrow it down, or are you just going more Jackson Pollock style, letting everything fly?
0: I actually watched a lot of movies because a lot of the movies that I originally thought of were kind of like floating around and not too unfamiliar, and I thought I wanted to see some new stuff for myself. And I actually had some movies kind of like lingering on my watch list. I was like, this is a good reason to finally get to those and so there isn't really a common theme but uh i mean you can decide if there's there's actually a common thread but they're yeah they're definitely from different periods and completely different cultures and they're all completely different stories so
1: yeah i mean that's actually one of the reasons why i chose to narrow it down like this because when i was thinking about my favorite foreign horror movies like a lot of the choices were pretty obvious you know i was like oh the devil's backbone and quiet on and stuff you know where it's like these aren't like underrated gems or like these are like widely considered some of the greatest you know uh non-american horror movies of all time
0: well that's a roadblock that i ran into like the the spanish and korean movies specifically are Mm -hmm. so like in everyone's periphery now with right. streaming. Right. They're very right, exactly. popular on like specifically like Netflix and Shudder are like have right. really like thrown a spotlight on those two cultures. And so I didn't want to be like, you know, just giving you something that like, you know, is already kind of like an obvious uh an available choice. So I tried right, I tried exactly. to go around those a little bit.
1: Well even when I thought it was like okay like foreign, like foreign folk horror movies like instantly what jumped to mind was the Wailing, right? Yeah. And uh and I'm like and that's not necessarily the most famous foreign movie in general, but in terms of like a relatively recent foreign horror movie, you know, most people who are gonna be listening to this show are at least gonna at least probably at least have heard of it, you know, if if they haven't already seen it. So I was like, well, that's a shining example. Like that's a high water mark, but it's I'm not gonna talk about it today because it's it's not the point, you know.
0: And I think everyone is gonna be willing to accept that. I think they'll be Absolutely. okay with that. I don't think they're gonna show up to your house demanding you to talk no about. No one those cares what I have instead. to say about the whale
1: no one cares what I have to say in general, probably about most of these movies, but they definitely don't care about the whaling because they can go hear someone much smarter than me talk about it.
0: Yeah. So well let's kick it off then. What's your what's your first movie?
1: My first movie? Okay, so should I I don't know. I was gonna I originally I was gonna do this by like time period starting. Well, first you event. should
0: tell us the title. I think. I think that's a good place to start.
1: (laughs) I know. I was saying I was originally going to list my movies by time, you know, but now I'm not going to do that. So I decided to watch. So most of these movies I'm going to talk about are movies I've seen before, but I was like, oh, I should watch something new, like something I haven't seen to come in fresh to it. So the first movie I'm going to talk about is a movie, uh, an Indonesian movie from 2019 called Impetigore.
0: That is hilarious.
1: Was that on your list?
0: That almost was. Really, it was super close.
1: Did you? So did you? Wait, when you on your list? You watched it, or you were going to watch it? And then no,
0: I watched it, but I'm really. Yeah, it it got edged out of the recommendations.
1: Well, that's great because now, now, like not only you you've seen it too so we can like we can get into it like obviously we're not going to get into these as much as we would normally but we can get into it a little bit at least you know
0: yeah i definitely have something to say
1: so this is a pretty basic setup you know um girl who was not raised by her parents but like by a family member finds out that she has an inheritance or a right to a large piece of property in this small village where she was born but hasn't been to since she was like a very very like toddler age kid goes back there discovers that there's some sort of curse on the town that she may or may not be linked to there's weird townsfolk you know kind of a if you just say it like that a pretty like oh I I think I know where this is going or I've seen like that set up before the way it unfolds though is pretty cool I would say I don't want to give too much away because no The spoilers are integral to, like, the plot, not just the ending of the plot, but, like, throughout the movie. Um, But it is, I would say, overall, it's a very well-executed movie. It's clunky at times. There's some, like, really cheap jump scares. And I'm not a jump scare hater, but, like, the ones in here are not great. Um, But then there's also some scenes that are just absolute showstoppers. And, uh, like, the opening scene is, like, right then it got me. I was, like, hooked. And... Then after that, we kind of go through a little like unevenness for about like thirty minutes, and then it starts to get, you know get pretty solid again. And like I said, there is some clunky parts, but I would say like this is a solid B plus movie. I'd even call it an A minus. A minus, yeah.
0: It's one of those movies where even if minute to minute you are not thrilled, like the overall mood and feeling. There is such a like a right. layer of dread to the whole thing. And it's right. like really nice to look at. It's but, a beautiful shot like a, movie. but in like an uncomfortable way. Like it's right. the the visual style of it is almost like the darkness that kind of in all of the the night scenes and everything is like oppressive. Yes, like it imposes itself on you. It's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed yeah. with the look of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I really liked the movie, and like I said, I would. I'm. I was, like, thinking about, like, oh, which one should I watch? Like, trying to find something. And I was trying to find a newer movie because most of the movies I'm going to be talking about are kind of, like, slightly older. <laughs> they're, and, silent um, <laughs> they're silent films. They're uh, silent films. They're actually just, like, picture, like, like 18th century picture books. I just flipped through really fast so it looked like a movie. <laughs> um, but I was just like, okay, I'll watch this one. And uh, I was very pleased that I did. Yeah. And... Yeah, there's a lot of like, if you like stuff like where there's not like, not like straight up witchcraft, but curses and, you know, uh unwholesome magic and spells and bad things happening. Because basically in this town that she gets to, like every, every child there is cursed with some sort of illness. So all the children die upon birth and there's, there hasn't been a kid born in this town that has survived since her, at least that's what she thinks initially, or when she starts to uncover it. But it gets much more complicated and convoluted than that. But if you watch
0: this movie, after, when you think of curses, this is what you're going to think of. Exactly. It's going to change the way you look at curses.
1: (laughs) Yes. And that final shot of the movie, too. Oh, so good. So good.
0: I'm glad you liked it. And it might kick off an interest in, uh, you know, Indonesian folklore which apparently they have like stories and and kind of uh just these types of things for just about everything bad that has happened ever right. so they're like it's and a i will very say like there's, dense
1: yeah tradition because i was because i did like after i watched it i was like just doing like some very like, you know very surface level kind of just like researching about like oh is this a common type of thing are these movies like common in indonesia or is this kind of a one-off and and as a genre, like it kind of appears that like horror movies and these and these these stories are much more respected within that country than they are generally within our culture, you know because it is so connected to their folklore and stuff. and this movie like in Pettigore was actually their submission to the the Oscars for best foreign language film oh. you know, which you know like it's it's very rare that a horror movie is ever nominated for anything in America type of thing. And I it didn't end up getting nominated, but it was their submission because they felt strong and proud proud of it because they don't look at it uh there's not like a it's not look at, it's not look, looked at as like a second class genre as horror often is here in America.
0: Yeah, I can manage why it didn't win.
1: Well, <laughs> might have to do with, you know, the that whole that one scene. Yeah. Or a couple of scenes. A couple of scenes. So yeah, that was, that's my first one. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's available to watch on Shutter. I think it's like, that's really the only streaming service that it's available on. Um, or you might be able to rent it on Amazon or something too. Sometimes you can do that with Shutter with movies, even if there are Shutter exclusives. Uh, but there you go. How about you, Keith? What do you got for your first up at bat?
0: So my first pick is probably my most difficult one. Mm-hmm. Uh because I don't know if everyone's gonna like it, but I think it's a, a worthwhile venture just the same. It's called uh, Luz, L-U-Z, and that is the uh, the titular character. And it's a it's a German sort of supernatural horror film, it, and it's actually a this is like a thesis film. This isn't even like a a sort of a, a product of the film industry. This is an, an and it feels more like an art film. It's kind of a tribute to uh, supernatural European movies of the 1980s. And it has a definitely, if you're comparing it to something in the U.S., it has a feel of like a late 70s, early 80s, like almost like a crime film. Like it almost has a similar look to like Taxi Driver.
1: But it's set in like... The
0: and later. it's about a taxi driver. The titular character, Luz, she drives a cab and wears a backwards hat. Just like oh, Travis okay. Bickle.
1: <laughs> okay, this must be. This is actually funny because I think, I were thinking of different movies because I was about to say like, oh, that's funny that you watch that because this there's another movie called Luz L U Z, the Flower of Evil, that I almost watched, but I watched some in Pettigore instead. That's
0: funny. No, this and is uh, this
1: is not it. No. So, nope.
0: So the 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 titular character of Luz. Uh, She gets into a, she crashes her taxi under uh, questionable circumstances and gets taken to a police station for questioning. And uh, I guess a doctor attempts to uh, hypnotize her and recreate this. And this is one of the most amazing parts of the movie. This doctor hypnotizes her and tries to recreate the car accident. And she's, she's in the moment. She's pantomiming it. Mm-hmm. while you know sitting on some chairs they set up even like a rearview mirror for her to look into and there's like a switch between her perspective is her memory and so she can hear the sounds and the voices as they're happening and meanwhile the people on the outside the police and the the quote unquote doctor they sort of hear something different. So there's some really amazing like production and performance stuff happening here. Like this is like an art film. And so you really have to pay attention and kind of engage with the movie. But if you sit with it and watch it, it's really very rewarding.
1: And would you say that is this so? Is this more of a psychological thriller than, say, like something with a supernatural bent to it, or
0: that's going to be up for you to decide? Okay, so it's based a, there's on some the, the ambiguity plot. to it. The story definitely gets pretty windy, and then it's it's also kind of a tough. It's it's a lot to chew on. They speak three different languages in the movie. Hmm. Uh, there's German, French, and I think either Spanish or Portuguese. Okay. So it's. Uh, when did this one come out? 2018.
1: Oh, okay. So relatively recent. Okay.
0: Yeah. It looks great, though. It's shot on film and it has like a real richness to uh, the look of it. Uh, again, the, the performances are great and uh, it's not like overt horror. Like it's not a haunted house movie or right. like it's not like a Hollywood like roller coaster type movie. It's 100% an art film and you mm. may not always understand what's happening, but it is genuinely engaging to witness and whether I think whether you like it or not by the end you'll probably be glad that you watched it regardless.
1: Okay. well I can assure you that I will at least watch the trailer for this movie
0: oh the trailer's great
1: you've you've got to be that far intrigued it's actually funny though because I now I kind of wonder what the loose translates to the l e z because like I said there was another movie called that's loose, just the, the flower- character's name oh okay it's a name okay <laughs> Because I almost watched another one, that was, but that one was like another foreign film that was – but I was like set – like it appeared to be in like the 19th century or early 20th century and like there was farms, land and like mountains and goats and weird things happening at night. So a different type of vibe for sure.
0: This is set almost entirely in the police station.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Aside from some brief glimpses of a cab ride and uh, two people talking at a bar.
1: Oh. But it makes
0: great use of those both of those locations. So
1: kind of a very claustrophobic feeling. Yeah, maybe. All right, well, sounds intriguing to me.
0: It is intriguing. That's why I recommend it, because you never know uh, how people are going to react to something like this. So that's definitely my first pick. A little bit of a non-traditional Halloween movie, but I don't know. This might change your life.
1: All right, look into it. So when we were talking about, you mentioned when we were talking about Empedagor, underlying sense of dread, right? Yeah. And which is very common in these folk horror movies. It just, it often feels like, they're often these very like slow burn movies that have like this concept of like something emerging from the earth that should have been left buried. And it's like, this, it just like has like this, like, yeah, shroud of doom over it. Um, And that is, by and large, a very uh, common characteristic of the genre. So I thought about, I was trying to think about some movies that had slightly different tone. I came up with two that I'm going to talk about conjointly, uh, two Hong Kong movies from the early 80s that are folk horror, but also kind of like horror comedies. And that is Samuel Hung's Spooky Encounters and his, his... Not sequel, but kind of like spiritual follow-up to it, The Dead and the Deadly. Spooky Encounters came out in like 1980, and then Dead and the Deadly came out a couple years after that. Both of them deal with a lot of Chinese folklore. They're both period pieces, ghosts, Chinese hopping vampires, wizards, practitioners of like good and bad magic and sorcerers and stuff like that. Does anybody Um, get kicked? Oh, there is kicking. I see. There is so much kicking. You won't believe it. So, yeah, it's kind of a good mashup of everything. If you like kung fu movies, you're going to like this. If you like horror movies, you're going to like this. If you like folklore, you're going to like this. If you like comedy, you're going to like this. It's got all of those things. And honestly, like, just in general, it's like, it's one of my favorite kung kung fu movies. The. Spooking encounters is specifically is one of my favorite kung fu movies regard just overall not kung fu horror kung fu fantasy but just period one of my favorites and what's really cool about them so samuel hung kind of gets credited as inventing this genre of kung fu horror which is not really true this like the fantasy Kung Fu movies that existed at least since the sixties. And I'm no expert. I'm just saying based on movies I've seen myself and can see these elements in there, but the comedy aspect, maybe it's kind of like revitalizing is what he could be given credit for. And also just cramming all these things into a smorgasbord of, we're going to have all aspects, the, the folklore, the comedy, the big special effects over the top martial arts and they're both of these movies are a lot of fun. Just, uh, Spooky Encounters is definitely the best, better of the two, but they both have their own merits. Spooky Encounters is really good because one, is just overall a really solid action movie. Uh, but it also really gets deep into folklore. Like everything is connected to some sort of myth, hex, curse. Everything they do is like, oh, this happened. Well, now you have to go and do this charm to reverse this oh and then that happened like it just keeps going building and building and building on these kind of folklore ideas and also has one of my favorite magic duels in it one thing i really like you know a lot of times we watch fantasy movies kind of western fantasy movies and it's two wizards and they're shooting lightning bolts at each other right or something like that in a lot of asian fantasy films and the magic is kind of portrayed a little bit differently And I mean, this is an American movie, but, you know, that scene in Big Trouble in Little China where Egg Shen and uh, Lopan are fighting and they have their magic duel. It's just like they shoot two magical beams at each other, but then within the beams are two people having a sword battle, right? Right. I think that's really cool. It is. You're correct. In Spooky Encounters, there are two wizards fighting and they're casting these spells... But rather than the spells just directly hitting the other wizard, the spells are happening to two people who are then having a martial arts fight based on the way the spells are directing them to have the fight. And when... If one of the two people fighting lands a blow on the other, the opposing wizard is the one who gets knocked over. Oh. Right? So it's a very cool, cool fight like that. Um are you familiar with either? Have you seen either of these? I have not. So, the plots I mean, the plots to these are fine, but I mean, I don't really need to go into them to describe the tone of the movies. There's just no
0: half the fun is listening to the characters explain what the fuck is going on,
1: exactly. Exactly. And like, <laughs> just knowing like the like spooky encounters enters with two opens up with two ghosts trapped in pots arguing with each other. So, it's just two pots having an argument, right? that's how the movie starts. And it just kind of builds from there. We have we, and we encounter lots of reanimated corpses and hopping vampires and these wizards characters. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it's a really fun movie. The Dead and the Deadly is a little bit different in the sense that the supernatural element comes in a little bit later, or the genuine supernatural element, because it kind of starts with, with like con artists who are like pretending to be ghosts to swindle money out of people or people pretending to be dead to to get an inheritance. And then it ultimately turns into a more supernatural movie. And by the end of it, so basically, Samuel Hong's character, but towards the end, he has to, to avenge the death of his friend, has to turn himself into a ghost. He has X amount of time to for his spirit to return to his body before he's dead forever and he doesn't make it back. But then his wife is so, dist- so and then, then like the movie's Essentially, that's like the end of this main storyline of the movie, right? But then another little little movie starts after that, and this is where the movie gets the best for me, is because his wife is so distraught over his death, she goes to another ma- magic practitioners. Is there any way to bring him back? And he goes, well, you have to trick and distract the the spirits who will come for his soul, so that they cannot get to him. And if if you if you distract them long enough, he'll come back to life. And when you're watching that scene of the movie, the last 30, 20, 30 minutes of the movie, have nothing to do with the rest of the plot. It's truly like watching a folktale come to life. And, it ha- and it, there's like some fun special effects and goofy anim- like puppets and, and stuff like that. And it's a truly unique segment of a movie that I've never seen quite like it in anything else.
0: would you say this is the greatest movie of all time?
1: Yes, I would. All right. No, I would not. Take I that not... Uh,
0: Lord of the Rings or
1: whatever. Is technically Lord of the Rings a better uh, movie? I, I don't know. People really Pro- like that shit. I, I like I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm not too cool to say that. But The Dead and the Deadly is not the best movie I've ever seen. The last section of it, particular is one of the most unique things for me at least based on like my perspective. Right, maybe there's a lot more movies like this in other parts of the world that I haven't seen, but for me, watching it was a very cool. It's a very was a very cool experience, and, and uh, I would highly recommend recommend it just for that. I mean, I recommend the whole movie, but I would specifically recommend it for those final those final scenes.
0: Well, on your honor, sir, I'll be checking that out. All right, to see what all the hubbub is about.
1: There we go. Spooky Encounters, I recommend 100% across the board, anytime, anywhere. Watch that. Dead and the Deadly, not quite as good, but has some tremendous unique moments to it. What is your Excellent. next film?
0: Well, since you picked a Japanese film, I'm going that was, to... Oh, well,
1: that was a Hong Kong film.
0: Well, then um, uh, as a counter to your Chinese pick, I'm going to go with my Japanese pick, which is... A nineteen eighty eight film called Evil Dead Trap. Ooh, Evil yeah. Dead Trap. That's an evocative title for you. What do you think about that? I remember seeing this this title floating around quite a bit in horror circles and on lists and people mentioning it and all this stuff and in articles. And I never got around to watching it because I just assumed right. it would either be like a uh just kind of like some goofy torture movie, or like, right. uh, like a one of those really crappy ripoffs of like an American movie, right? You know, like the there's that one movie like Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, eh, and you know, based on that title, uh, it's gonna be stupid. Well, I'm here to tell you, Elliot, and uh, Trash Heap Nation, I was wrong. And Evil Dead Trap is one of the most visually exciting movies I've seen in a very long time. And it, if I had seen this when I was younger, I know that I would not be, sh- not, I would never shut up about this movie. It's one of those uh-huh. movies that you watch in your formative years, and it like you hang your hat on it. You're like, "Yo, I've seen that one. It's got this, this, and this, and it's awesome." And I'm gonna tell you what this, this, and this is. But the the plot of it is there's a late night TV show host. She's sort of languishing in this kind of middle part of her career. And uh, she asks the viewers to send in uh, horror movies and clips and things like that. And they, you know, they mail videotapes to her office. Well, she gets this video. It's basically a snuff film of a. at you know, takes place at a factory that uh, is nearby and is, you know, has stories of being haunted and things like that. And she sees this as her big break and, a, you know, an opportunity to go make something happen and, you know, get some fame and notoriety and all that uh, to her own detriment. She takes a crew out there to investigate. Uh, the factory is largely deserted, but unfortunately. Not too long after they arrive, they are picked off one by one in a particularly grisly fashion. And as the body count rises, more information is revealed about the not only the factory, but also a mysterious man who's hanging around and also who or what is doing the killing. And this movie is probably responsible for a good number of modern films. You can see mm. the seeds of ideas for several films of like the last 10 to 15 years. It's very high on style. It's very high on graphic violence. It's got a little bit of sexual type business going on if you're into that. It's also just great to look at. It's got some gorgeous lighting, interesting characters. It's got a weird like, I don't know, black and white film effect that is used particularly well. Gosh, it's just a uh, exciting. This is the the sort of roller coaster, uh, thrill ride movie that you might be looking for. Because the know, moment so, they the moment they get to the factory, uh, it's uh, on like Donkey Kong, as they say.
1: They do say that. That is the thing that people say. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of had like a similar. I've not seen this, and I'm I'm happy to hear about your experience with it because I had I mean this is a movie that I've probably been aware of it you know I would say since I was a teenager maybe early late teens to early 20s if not earlier than that and I had written it off the same way you had Uh, because around the time this came out into the mid 90s there were you know from Japan there was a lot of just kind of like very low budget very bottom of the barrel just like how gross can we be movies yeah right and seen one you've seen them all type of thing or type of you know so i'd kind of written it off in that genre just probably because of the time period and some similar like like you said like the genericness of the title where it sounds kind of like a ripoff of something else and all like that i just because i kind of like yeah i was just like ah, i don't need to see this it's just going to be going to be a bunch of like more of the same and stuff I'm not really that interested in in the first place anyway. But yeah, now here we, what you have to say about it is definitely one I'm going to be checking out. Is there anywhere uh, is it stream- easily streamable or? Uh,
0: yeah, I think I watched this on Shudder. I think it's also available on Tubi.
1: Okay. Which is so, free yeah, Tubi, with So Tubi is free to everybody. Yeah. That's good to know. All right. So.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a definitely a hoot.
1: And there is like a at least a at least one sequel, if not more sequels to this, right? Yeah,
0: I also watched this sequel, and it's a very different type of movie,
1: like sequel and name only type of thing.
0: Well, it no, I mean there are some similar themes and, mm-hmm. and like some very basic connective tissue, but yeah, if you're if you're looking for the same type of experience, it's just not not it.
1: So when you say uh, also you like you said like you could see how this influenced a lot of movies in the next like 20 years to come. Are there any examples that jump out at you?
0: If I give them to you, it will It become, will spoil the yeah, surprise, spoil some of, stuff, yeah.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well I guess this is one that's best
0: one one that I could I could say without spoiling anything is Saw. Okay. Well and that's not even like a reach. Like yeah. there's one scene a character walks into a room and I was like oh my god that's where they got the idea
1: from Saw for Saw right yeah <laughs> holy shit <laughs> please tell me it's better than Saw though Uh yeah I think so well that sounds pretty intriguing I'll have to that's another one I'll have to finally give a chance to yeah I think I think it's worth a
0: a night at the movies it's a definitely like a, I'd call it a popcorn movie yeah even.
1: so would you say it's like Say you're someone you're you're what you're someone who's not really into horror, like not to say that you dislike horror, but you're not someone who's like down for anything. Would this be a movie that turns a lot of people off by the amount of gore? Or uh, is yeah, it more. Def- it's pretty. It's,
0: it's not like um, I mean, if, a, if we're talking, you know, on a scale of Goosebumps to Cannibal Holocaust, this right. is probably like a. Probably like a six or a seven. Okay. Which is
1: not not so bad because, I mean, there are also different types of extreme gore. Some that is so goofy that it's comical and some that it just makes you want to, you know, like gives you a bad feeling. This has both.
0: This has funny violence. And then this has also like, there is one one moment where I was like, I turned my head uh, at a little bit of an angle. I didn't turn away, but I turned, I started to turn.
1: So. You're get a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Nice. Well, since you just did a Japanese Are you movie, out of
0: movies? You're done. No, I got, you only I got, had two. That's I got what more I heard. Movies.
1: I got more Well, actually, I'm actually at three movies because last my last segment, I talked about two movies in one.
0: Oh, that's true. All right. You tried to cheat the system.
1: Since you just talked about a Japanese movie, I am also going to talk about a Japanese movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Mine is from twenty years earlier, from nineteen eighty-eight to nineteen sixty-eight. I'm going to talk about the movie Spook Warfare, uh, also not known sure about as. That. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> that's the name of the movie. Right. I know that in some in some contexts that word can be. Problematic, but hey, every, contexts, everybody
0: just be cool. We're all adults
1: here. Everyone in other contexts, the word can be totally benign, you know. It's like butt in butt, you know. Sure, also sometimes referred to as the Great Yokai War. I see, which is another movie from the early 2000s, also called The Great Yokai War, based on the same folklore. The one from the early 2000s is directed by Takashi Miyake. And that was who directed movies like Ichi the Killer and Dead Alive and um, not Dead Alive, Dead or Alive. Uh, those are two of his most famous movies. Audition is probably is definitely his most famous movie in the Western, at least in Western, t- in the West. The Great Yokai I Wara, I would not say is that the, his version is not necessarily a well-known movie in America, but it was definitely a movie that when it came out, would have, you would have been able to find it at like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. It wouldn't be like so obscure that it would be difficult to find. Right around the time that that came out, this older movie, which is actually from a trilogy of movies from the 60s, all about yokai, which yokai are in Japanese uh, folklore, kind of like something in between a ghost and a spirit and a monster. The, the connections are a little bit more vague. Uh, then our distinctions are a little bit more vague than in Western culture. Those original movies from the 60s got released on like very cheap DVDs and then were out of print for a long time. It was very difficult to find these movies except for like really grainy copies on YouTube. But recently have been uh, remastered and re-released and can be found streaming and on Blu-ray fairly easy right now. It involves, this plot involves a vampire from Mesopotamia that is, and it's not a vampire the way we think of, you know, Dracula or that type of vampire, is accidentally unearthed and it makes its way to Japan and starts wreaking havoc on a village. And it's up to these yokai of the forest, these spirits of the forest to battle the vampire and save everybody from it. It is also another one that is quite lighthearted. And not, and not doesn't have necessarily the overwhelming dread that folk horror often has. And I'm recommending this one specifically for the creature designs and the uniqueness of Japanese folklore. And just, the I mean, anyone who's even slightly familiar with, with Japanese folklore and yokai and stuff has just an idea of us like, wow, they really have literally any type of monster. They have the umbrella monster and the monster that's made up of old papers, you know, that are on, you know, you know just like old dusty papers and the lady with the long neck and giant one eyed guys and all types of stuff. And if you want to watch something, that's just a monster smorgasbord that you could also watch with kids. I mean, like the fact that it's subtitled might turn off some younger viewers. But it is certainly a fun Halloween movie just for the sheer monster mayhem. And it's made in the 60s, so it has, a you know, kind of like the special effects have that look to them, which I really like. And it's all costumes and puppets and, uh, you know, rear projection screen, you know, images of giants and ghosts and whatnot.
0: So you're saying this is the Fraggle Rock of Asian horror?
1: That is a very good way of describing it, yes. Excellent. And uh, it's a delightful movie that was hard to watch for a long, t- hard to like see or watch for a long time, and is now very easy. And it would also be kind of fun to watch this as a companion piece to the uh, Takashi McKay one that's set in modern times, and the uh, where the, as the night one from the 1960s is set in, set in like hundreds of years ago in Japan and it would be fun to watch how they, they take the the same folklore and transpose it into modern day. Have you seen any of these? Have you seen the Takashi McKay one or the,
0: no, I don't really watch. And I'll be honest. I don't watch too many movies from the sixties. It just never comes up. I also Mm -hmm. don't like, I don't like when they got, uh, like, uh, like funky beatnik type music or anything like that you know i see or like people unironically dressed like austin powers
1: uh-huh well wearing like so-
0: striped like mod pants or like ascots or something like right. that that stuff really well
1: this one's me. a period piece so they're all wearing <laughs> you know they're not wearing any of that they're all if, wearing- if i
0: watch a movie too old i get scared that i've traveled through time and i can't get back you know that's I fair. I understand that.
1: Yeah, like, where am I? Suddenly, I'm in Japan, and it's 500 years ago.
0: Help me! I don't have a microwave.
1: Yeah, well, there's no Austin Powers uh, outfits in this. There's none of that. It's all kimonos and top knots. And
0: well, that sounds pretty groovy, yeah. baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I would say just Google Google this. If you're not, if you're unsure, don't even watch the trailer. Just Google some of the images of it, and you'll be like, "Oh, that looks fun. I want to see those monsters." That's good.
0: I'm glad we got a monster pick in there. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, "Oh man, how do I how do I do this? Like, should I do a mix of like, you know, monsters, vampires and you know, ghosts or like should I just go all over the board or what?" Right. So, uh, it was it was tough. It's interesting to see, you know, we have so many silly kind of tropes and just kind of our stock, you know, universal monsters and things like that. Right. And uh, it's interesting to see like what, what they have outside of the U S but I feel like uh, specifically in like, you know, Japan and China, they have their kind of a proclivity for ghosts mm-hmm. and then, you know, yeah, creatures of the forest.
1: Oh, and that's, and that's, what's cool about this. Like I said earlier, like it, the distinction between the two is a lot, is a lot more vague than it is, in Western folklore, where it's like you got ghosts, you got monsters, and never the two shall meet. Whereas in this, like with yokai, it's it's a, sometimes a lot ha- hazier. Sometimes yeah. it's the spirit of a dead person comes back to life as one of these monsters, or there's an incorporeal aspect to this being, but they're not quite alive or dead type of thing. It's a lot. It's a lot hazier.
0: There are no that's rules. Also
1: just Right. It's that's also kind of interesting, you know, if you want to mix it up from your normal stock of vampires and werewolves and, and whatnot. Like I said, even the vampire in this movie is not the vampires that we know, which, you know, like the way we think of vampires is of, you know, turning into bats and, you know, the fangs and uh, all those aspects. Those are relatively modern ideas to vampire lore. You know, most of which originate from, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And across cultures, there's all these different types of vampires. And they're not not limited to, you know, that kind of classical Count Dracula.
0: My favorite is when the vampires have like a, they got like a little mouth on their hand. And then they suck your blood that
1: way. Oh, yeah. I think that's cool. You get a little mouth. Hand to mouth? Yeah. All right, buddy. What do you got next? All right. Well,
0: speaking of monsters, my next pick is a movie called Hatching, and it's a Finnish movie Mm. from 2022, directed by Hannah Bergholm.
1: I'm already intrigued.
0: It's about a little girl who is a gymnast, and she wants to please her mother, who is a like a former figure skater turned influencer, a very like well-to-do, like is always putting on a face of having the perfect family uh, type business. So there's a real, like this is fun for the whole family. It's a real family dynamic happening. It's about, it's a very modern movie, you know, about uh, people trying to function in the modern age, but the main little girl happens upon a crow and uh, intends to, like an injured crow, and intends to uh, set it free, right, into nature as one does. Mm. The mother, in her infinite cruelty, in order to teach uh, some kind of a Zane lesson to her daughter, snaps its neck and then gives it back to her. What the little girl discovers is that there is a egg in the crow's nest. And uh, she is obviously guilt-ridden and disheartened by the lack of a future and uh, the family that uh, this crow will never experience. So she takes the egg, she hides it in one of her stuffed animals, and uh, tries to nurture and mother it as best she can. And as you so, may have guessed, that egg is going to hatch. But what is inside that egg is
1: not quite
0: what you would expect.
1: So I've never heard of this movie before. No one I, has. I... When you started talking about it, I just started looking, Googled it and looked at some screenshots of the movie. And just based on the first couple of screenshots, I'm already like, I'm going to watch this movie.
0: I can tell you a a little bit more without giving too much away. But the thing that hatches from the egg is not a crow. It's a weird, skeletal, bird-like creature. But it exhibits strange behavior. It grows at a rapid rate. And uh, it is most certainly not... A normal bird but as the family dysfunction uh increases as does the uh weird behavior of little girl and her new pet and it all comes to a head in an absolutely bananas conclusion
1: Hell yeah. so
0: it's definitely like i don't know i would call this like a more adult version of a goosebump story to be okay. honest like this definitely has like the sort of like kind of head-tilting, eyebrow-raising, like, oddball moments. But it is also very serious and very horrifying. So I think it's, uh, it's a great portrayal of, uh, like, a uncomfortably dysfunctional family who on the surface appears great. And uh-huh. then also uh, the trappings of a young child uh, trying to raise their first pet.
1: We all know how horrific that can be. So. <laughs> yeah. And I'm being dead genuinely serious. It's like, hey kid who's not who can't do anything, you were responsible for another living thing, and if you fail, which you are almost bound to do because you are seven, you are gonna be ridden with the guilt of that for your life. So yeah, that is I'm I really wanna see this movie.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's available on Hulu. To stream, if you got Hulu, and then uh, you can rent it for a, a couple bucks, in a bunch of other places. So excellent. I definitely so. recommend it. Finnish words are pretty cool sounding too. So yeah, it's pretty fun. I don't recommend the uh, watching it with a dub. Yeah. yeah so I'm have fun it. with uh, hatching, uh, crack open the egg, and see what comes out. Wow.
1: <laughs> <All> <laughs> no right. one says well, that in the movie. I now well now that I know that they don't, I'm not watching it anymore. <laughs> So for my next movie, I'm sorry, Keith, but I'm sticking in the set in the '60s. Oh my god, I'm sticking far out, man. Going one year further back to 1967, and going a, traveling a little bit west, based on our maps, over to Russia.
0: Russia? Do
1: they even yes. make movies? They do, and they're weird. So this is a Soviet era folk horror movie from Russia. I have mentioned this on the show before just in like I think sometime when we were talking about like hey, have you seen anything good lately and I was like oh yeah I watched this movie blah 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 but like they didn't really talk about it. Then I might be mispronouncing the 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 title but I'm going to call it V like V I Y or V A um this Are you sure it's
0: not Vyshnya
1: it could be that it could be that this to me was one of the, I saw this. Yeah. Maybe like six months ago and for the first time, and this is one of my favorite movies I've watched in a while in terms of just experience, not necessarily the best movie I've seen ever or even this year, but a unique experience for me. One, I've not seen a ton of Russian movies. So that's always just kind of what, you know, when you watch movies from another country that you're not familiar with, they have their own way of doing things usually. And it's always kind of a unique experience until you kind of warm up to, warm up to it. So that's fun. Two, like I was talking about in uh, The Dead and the Deadly, about like Watching, you know, that in the last thing is like really watching. Like, oh, I feel like I'm there watching this folk tale that's been handed down for centuries. I'm there, right? And it really captures that feeling of I am there in this myth, in this story, in this, you know, folk beliefs. It also has some interesting ideas in it that I was just kind of like, oh, you know, I never really thought about that. You know. Um, So basically the general premise is is there's a bunch of monks from this, young monks from this monastery who are kind of like traveling, get to go somewhere else. They get to go on like vacation from the monastery for a while and upon leaving the, the monastery, one of them ends up you know, they're looking for places to stay along their way, like being like townsfolk, you know, you know, people living in the country. Can I crash your, your spot, sleep in your barn on my, on my journey? And one of them ends up going to this old woman's house, doing something to greatly offend her. She turns out to be a witch. Um, throughout something, she ends up dying. And then he ends up, uh, sometime after that, being requested as a monk to go do monthly service at a funeral where he has to stay the night in a church, three nights in a church alone with the corpse of this young woman, but the young woman is in fact the witch. Uh, So one, it was just like, I'm not familiar with these folklores and these folktales and stuff, so this is all new and interesting to me, really invokes the spirit of it. But the other ideas that were kind of cool about it are, one, like, So all these young monks—they're all just kind of orphans, who—they're like, okay, you're orphans, you live at the monastery. Guess what, guys? You're going to be monks, and they don't give a shit about being monks. It's just a job, right? You know, as they just fall into the way I—you know—most people fall into any other jobs, right? And that's something you normally don't see. Like people who are priests, they're either whether they be good priests or bad priests, they are invested in the priesthood. In some way or another. And then are like, just like, ah, this is just the thing I do. Right. And that's still a thing today. And I think for a lot of these kind of archetypical like roles within society, we don't really look at a lot of them like that. Like, I am just a priest because that's just what I had to do because that's the situation I found myself in. And then, t- and then on another layer of it, the visual look of this movie is really cool, and it has some very – it's a low-budget movie, and it has some inventive ways of working around its low budgets and making its special effects fun and unique and stylistic. So overall, I would really recommend giving this a watch, and it's also only like 70 minutes long, so it's a very minimum investment for a pretty rewarding experience. It's streaming lots of places, uh, some in a dub that I, that I, that's the the one I originally started watching was in a dub and it's a very bad dub. And then some in the original language, definitely put in the effort to find the original language one if you stumble upon the dub first. But other than that, yeah, I would highly recommend this.
0: This looks pretty cool. Like it definitely has like a heavy fantasy vibe to it. Uh mm-hmm. I hate to like shit on the monks, but man, that she looks like a witch. Yeah. There was no question she was the witch the whole time and I don't know how they right. missed that, but uh I don't know if you you knew this, but uh it looks like they kept this turn this into a series. And there is a movie as recent as 2015 that was in 3D.
1: I did not know about it I knew there was like an, <laughs> an animated one that came out uh Looks... I, that came out like in the '80s. I knew about that one, but I did not know about a, a one from 2015. Yeah, it looks pretty nuts.
0: Uh, looks like almost like a Hellboy type type business, but uh, that rules. That's cool. That well, means I think it's the uh...
1: V. I think it also V refers. So in the uh, in the in it, the witch conjures this or calls upon this uh, entity, and that is. V. It's just like
0: it's like a golem type creature.
1: Yeah, that comes out of the mud and like sucks the life force or blood out of people. It has these like weird eye, like uh, eyebrows that like hang over its face to the ground, type of thing. Uh, And so that is the V character. So maybe this is something from folklore that is would be like to us it's like seeing like oh this must be a series but maybe V is just like werewolf or something you know. Yeah. Type of type of thing.
0: This looks pretty cool. This looks like the type of thing even if you don't want to bother listening to what's going on, I think it it would be just a sort of a delicious treat to look at.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, if you're like just want to put it on, turn the sound off and play some music while you're doing other stuff. Perfect for that too. And like I said, it's only like 70 minutes long. It's a very easy watch. Yeah, that's pretty breezy. You might as well just do it.
0: Yeah, what do you have to lose? You've got nothing better to do, you pathetic Mm-mm. loser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, you got, you got another one in there?
0: Yeah, you know, actually, originally I only picked uh, three, but I did have a backup pick just in case. So now that we've been to... Finland Germany Japan let's set the wheels down here let's take a take a let's go all the way around and come back to the glorious United States
1: Wait a minute here all
0: the way from North America here it is well guess what buddy uh, to people that don't live in the United States this is foreign yes is well, it not? we
1: do live in the United States this is kind of a cheat Keith
0: it's not because this is an anthology movie, and it has a segment uh, from Indonesia and okay. an Indonesian directors. So you can okay, suck it.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, that, that you didn't you didn't specify that.
0: I also have a couple of other movies to talk about after this, but I just wanted okay. to get this in because I feel very strongly about it. Okay, uh, this movie is you may have heard of it. VHS 94.
1: You, God, man. You and these VHS movies.
0: Well, here's the thing. Now that there is a massive volume of VHS films, now the the sort of hierarchy has come into a very clear focus, and Mm -hmm. VHS 94 has emerged at the top of the heap, the trash heap, as it were. And so VHS 94, it's a a 2021 anthology film. It's the, I don't know, fifth or sixth in the series. And uh, kind of the format of these movies is there's a a through-line story, kind of a bookend segments and then little breaks in the middle that kind of drive everything forward. And then interspersed throughout are these either tapes or... Uh, interludes or stories that play. And, uh, you know, sometimes they have a common theme, sometimes not. And they're uh, written and directed by some very creative young filmmakers. They don't always always land, uh, but uh, they are usually interesting and uh, worth a watch. VHS94, however, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, the throughline story is about a SWAT team raiding a warehouse where some uh, nefarious, sinister acts are uh, occurring. And the stories are as follows. Uh, one story is a fantastic, one of my favorites. It's a story of a news reporter going into a local sewer to find out why people are disappearing from a small town. And what she finds is absolutely terrifying. Okay. great stuff. Uh, I can't tell you what is in the the sewer, obviously because that's the whole goddamn point. But it has an ending. <laughs> One of my favorite endings to that segment in anything I've ever watched, a real a real treat. Uh, another story is just a good old-fashioned kind of haunted house story. It's about a girl who's working overnight in a, not a mortuary. What? What? What's the place where you uh, view a, a dead body?
1: Oh, uh, good. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, oh, just like a funeral home, I guess. Funeral home, yeah. Yeah, so she's staying overnight working in a funeral home and uh, uh, some spooky things start to happen uh, as related to the deceased. Uh, and it's a very much like a haunted house type movie hmm uh perfect for those uh those classic Halloween vibes there's a one story that involves technology and robots and cybernetics and it has lots of action and crazy gore that's the Indonesian uh segment uh-huh that one for me was not terribly strong, but it is like really nice to look at and uh you could tell they put a lot of effort into the production and everything so You can't win them all. Sure. And who knows, if you're into the the action and the gore, uh, it might be right up your alley. And then the final tale (laughs) is about a rambunctious group of young men who are all very interested in in the idea of white supremacy, and they all gather together on a compound to... uh, uh, gas each other up with their ridiculous notions and, uh, you know, practice shooting guns and what have you. And, uh, well, they accidentally capture someone who they think can uh, and aid them in their machinations, but uh, they get a little bit more than what they bargained for. Yeah. To say the least.
1: All right. Well, you know what, Keith... I might give this one a shot. I might not. My I think I th- think you'd
0: be fine with this one. To be okay. honest,
1: I mean, here's the thing: in the VHS movies I've watched, there's always at least one segment where I was like, "That was good."
0: Yeah, most the of them segment. are like one out of three is is right. good. This one, it's three out of four.
1: Okay. Or, right? okay, three out of four. Yeah. Ain't so bad. Ain't I so think bad. so. Ain't so bad. All yeah. right. So and you know they're good like Halloween movies, I guess.
0: Yeah, some more than others. It's uh, I don't know. I think it's just an interesting one, an interesting display of uh, technical work, and then also Mm -hmm. just an exciting like like a good like conduit for like new filmmakers to just pump out shorts and see what happens. And I think that's fun, whether they're good or bad, whether they work out or not. Especially in the newest one specifically, VHS eighty five. They, uh-huh. it's a very ambitious. I don't think it works. I think it, it, it falters pretty hard, but it is very interesting to see like how ambitious they got with it.
1: I can agree with that notion about them.
0: Yeah. Is it, is it so like a brilliant mind blowing, like groundbreaking stuff for the most part No, but sure. it's, uh, I don't know. I think there's some fun to be had and I'm always excited to see the new one just to see what they come up with.
1: Sure. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, Our watch favorite...
0: VHS ninety four. It's on Shudder. You probably Our get it uh, on foreign... AMC or free yeah. on the Roku app, or who who the hell knows.
1: Our favorite foreign horror movies, plus one that's pretty much an American movie. And... <laughs> okay, so we're gonna wrap this up. You did say you have to. You had a couple other little shout outs you wanted to give. Yeah,
0: because I love. I watched a lot of movies. So we got here. some honorable mentions. A lot mentions. of movies, and I'll tell you, I, I like I said, I got I it, this forced me to get through a lot of movies that had been on my watch list for a long time, and uh, one of them specifically was like a real head scratcher, uh, and that one was Lake Mungo.
1: Oh, I've heard of this movie.
0: Have you you you've never seen it?
1: Never seen it. Like Australian, yeah.
0: Yeah, Australian. It's a. I wouldn't call it a found footage movie. It's more of a faux documentary. Right. And in that respect, it's a 10 out of 10. It's mm-hmm. one of the most seamless pieces of fakery. Like it mm-hmm. feels from from top to bottom, it feels like a a genuine like true crime documentary and not even right. in like the current like Netflix type format. Like this is right. a very like straight ahead serious uh documentary format and i had a i didn't have any of those moments where i was like oh this looks you know phony or looks like it's someone doing a movie version of that like it felt very seamless right so on that level it succeeds but ultimately what is supposed to haunt you and scare you and unsettle you is pretty watered down Mm. and not terribly impressive OK, so I I was this is a movie with a lot of hype behind it. And I yeah. know especially when it came out, a lot of folks were really into it. And I think if this had come out before Blair Witch, we would probably be talking about Lake Mungo instead. Yeah, but I think. Uh, I don't know. I like subtlety and I like kind of somber you know, uh, atmosphere and, and things like that. But uh, this was a, just a little just too... Sometimes things just fizzle, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really spoiling anything if you watch the trailer, but, like, essentially the scariest part of this movie is, like, someone showing up in the background of a photograph. Mm. And that's not very scary unless yeah. you're really easily creeped out. So, But if right. you like true crime, if you like uh, true crime documentaries, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Nice. Plus yeah, everyone's well, this, got a, a cool Australian accent and they use some funny slang.
1: That's well, always a treat. Oh, I mean, this is definitely one that's been like kind of like on my like peripheral of like, oh, I should get around to watching that sometime. So now I just have another reason to do so. Did you have anything else? Uh not really. Like I pretty much sums it up. Like those are definitely my main picks. Um the one thing that I like I kind of debated putting on here. Well, I had d- debated putting the whaling on there, but it's I just the it was too popular and too too like well-known, so that is like a tremendous movie that any everyone should watch, but yeah, I didn't really have anything that I was like cut off the list and felt bad about cutting it off type of thing, yeah. so I would say that kind of wraps it up for me.
0: Yeah, I think uh, in the end like you can't go wrong watching a Korean horror movie. So, right. uh you know, just roll the dice and uh, you're probably going to get spooked.
1: Totally. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. This is another Trash-a-ween in the books. This episode will be coming. I don't know when you're going to be listening to it. Will be coming out right before Halloween it's itself? C- it's going
0: to come out immediately.
1: Immediately. So have fun this year. Go to some seances. Resurrect the dead. Do a ritualistic sacrifice. You know, all the wholesome things. If, a, if an
0: evil doll attacks you, remember to just switch it from evil back to good. Right. Just press the button on the back. It's, it's going to be fine.
1: It's that easy. Everyone always gets freaked out, but it's really easy easy fix there. And uh, we'll be back soon with some more regular other shitty movies you don't want to watch or hear about. So there you go. And We're
0: going to talk about uh, something very boring, like a, a movie where a guy is like a tax accountant or
1: something like that. Right. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, guys. And Keith... What do you always say?
0: It's Halloween, so remember to follow the rules. Always check your candy. Keep those jack-o'-lanterns lit.
1: What's the third rule? Can wear a costume?
0: And always wear a costume. And not yes. one of those t-shirts that says, this is my costume. You fucking... And until next time, the dumpster is closed.
1: Goodbye, everyone. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.